This is episode six, Art as a Reflection of the Soul. My guest today is digital media artist Matthias Manzer. His one-of-a-kind, hand-drawn digital art bursts with energy using a visionary combination of light, color, and geometry. We explore how some of his most intense emotions were poured into his artwork during a prolonged dark night of the soul. Rather than use his art as an escape, Matthias prefers to channel his feelings directly into his work, resulting in powerful, visceral art that demands to be felt. Please enjoy this wide-ranging interview with my friend, Matthias Manzer. This is the Language of Creativity Podcast. I wanted to open up every podcast with uh, work from each artist. Okay, sounds good. And so I figure, you know, since you're a graphic artist, the only way to do that is, is to kind of describe yeah. um, what I see. So this is one of Matthias's original artworks. It's called Ring of Fire. and Very intense piece. It's yeah. a very intense piece. I see <laughs> what looks like a sun. And there's this brilliant yellow in the middle and radiating out from it is bands of orange, large red kind of going out into the blackness of purple. And then in front of the sun is this uh, almost looks like a yin yang. Yeah. It has like these looks like Sounds a, like two like fish or something too. Yeah. Two, two creatures that yeah. are chasing each other in, yeah. a, in a circle with energy in the middle that's pretty nicely uh described there my man <laughs> oh, thank you and then the motion around the circle is moving in this opposite direction from the center yes and then radiating outward from that piece is these almost would look like black bands of of sun rays if i can describe it any other way mm -hmm. with with sort of like faces yeah in the middle there's a lot going on a lot of stuff going on in there that's for sure it's very there's a lot of energy in it like as i think with most of my artwork it's it's more like an energetic thing rather than anything else i think that's what really you know struck me when i first saw your artwork was the feeling that you get when you first encounter it is pure energy yeah i would um, agree i remember <laughs> <laughs> you were showing me a couple proofs and I was bowled over by one or two. Like, you're like, yeah. oh, here's the next one. And I'm like, yeah. wait, hold on, I need a minute. <laughs> I remember that, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you were a little uh, overwhelmed with it at first. Yeah, I remember yeah. that. Yeah, that's funny. And I so, had another friend too that, that looked at the cards and she's very intuitive too. And she had the same kind of reaction to some of those cards. She was like, whoa. Especially when they were backwards, like when they're in the reverse. Uh-huh. So, like, it really came out as in the reverse meaning of it, you know. So, wow, yeah, that's really it's cool. Pretty crazy. My guest today is Matthias Manzer, artist and, well, actually, multimedia artist. Uh, he's also a musician, graphic artist, and awesome thinker, <laughs> philosopher king. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Um, I'm trying, <laughs> I'm learning well, every day. You know? <laughs> welcome to the Language of Creativity podcast. Thank you. It's really Appreciate a pleasure it. to have you on. Pressure is all mine, yeah. 
Well, you know, I mean, one of the things that I really wanted to do on this podcast was sort of like pull back the curtain on the artist's life. Yeah. And, you know, there are a few people in my life that I know who I would put squarely in the category of artist. And Matthias, you are one of them. Thank you. <laughs> so. Wow. That's, yeah. uh, that's an honor. Thanks. I appreciate that. So yeah. originally when you were designing these art pieces that you did, um, mm-hmm. they weren't they weren't designed for the medium they ended up in. So no. how, tell me about the process and how you started with these, what is 52 different art pieces? Uh, well, it's, it's 46 in this deck. Um, I mean, I created more art than that. I mean, I just chose 46 of, uh, I don't know, I had a couple more, but uh, most of them just didn't make it. I mean, like the, most of them, I mean, it was probably maybe two or three more at mm-hmm. the time. Um it was just, uh, it started around, I think, at the end of uh, 2011, 2012, around there. Like, it was it was that whole thing with the Mayan calendar, you know? Yes, the world's going to end. Yeah, exactly. But <laughs> it didn't, right? Coming. It didn't. And, uh, <laughs> and so that's, that's good, I guess, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I was at this uh, conference and... Um, met some really interesting people and uh, I think that's when my my spiritual journey really started was around that time it was called Awaken Aware it was like this conference and uh, shortly after that I felt uh, you know I had this kind of um, like some kind of like a medium like I had this uh, phone call and uh, they kind of uh, suggested for me to do something in that in that area but um it turned out completely different in the end but uh you mean suggested that so this is a, a psychic yeah that you were talking to output. and they suggested that you start to draw or paint yeah exactly something like that that's amazing and so yeah and so i went ahead and and got myself some equipment as this like you know tablet that i use uh which is a you know it's not an inexpensive thing but it, it got a lot of miles on it so you know it's all good like a um, like a wake on wake yeah, yeah. drawing wake table on, the yeah. wake on mm-hmm. one exactly the Cintiq and uh, so I just started to get used to uh, like just drawing on that tablet rather than on a piece of paper or something like that because uh, I I come more from like pencil drawings that that was really like a strength of mine so I'm not really good with like necessarily like a real brush but I use the medium of oil on the digital media which is uh or the medium which is then kind of like it translates into that but i hold it like a pencil which is is more comfortable for me so uh it's 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 a really it's really a neat thing and uh it allows me to create multiple layers and and really like work from foreground to background or vice versa because usually when you when you do a painting you can you can only like you know put stuff on top and you can't really like change the background after so i had different approaches you know over the like it was almost like five years of like creating all these pieces yeah that's really cool so in other words you're working with a digital medium Mm -hmm. allows you to mix styles on your canvases yeah that's absolutely brilliant yeah so you're getting something that in physicality would not be possible yeah exactly so like you know in a way i'm i'm kind of challenged sometimes when it comes down to technology but in this way it just really opened up uh you know new roads for me to you know travel so to say and uh and it was really interesting i got really in touch with a lot of indigenous kind of uh ways of um painting and drawing 
and uh, supposedly I was an indigenous person. That's came all out from. Well, that it's meeting, very clear you know. in your artwork. You know, most people that look at the bulk of your work would see a lot of tribal yes influences yeah, in yeah, it. Yeah. yeah. And I coined the phrase "digital tribal expressionism." That's what I call this. Oh, cool! So, yeah, and uh, yeah, so I I kind of just wanted to create art, and at first I uh, I printed it on wood, and it was very costly. And well, uh, and they were large. They were large pieces, eight feet by four feet, and by some of them were really big. Yeah, yeah. But uh, they needed to be big for me. I I don't know. I just wanted to like leave an impression and. Uh, yeah, and it just it just didn't really like go off the way I wanted it to. Like maybe I was a little bit too uh, I don't know hopeful that that some someone would pick me up or something. I don't know. Yeah, the artist dream, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. I, mean, I did the art. I'm here. Exactly, I'm here. The star has no arrived. No one sees me. What the hell? <laughs> so yeah, it was a little bit like that, and a lot of trial and error, and uh, but you know it got me to where I'm now. So it's it's like I think the cards came out really nicely, and. Uh, Oh, yeah, I'm really happy with it. So. Well, so like I remember, uh, you know, Matthias and I know each other from the coffee shop that yes. we, in the town that he works and I live and we the just kind of- safe haven. Yeah, <laughs> it's like it's like this little community. Um, it's yes. kind of off-brand coffee shop and it's, it's this community of people that, you know, sort of like-minded and I met a lot of artists there. And yeah. one of the things that was interesting was kind of seeing your journey where you would show me the pieces as full-on wood pieces and I mm-hmm. saw them like in photographs and yes, yes. then one day you, you you came to me and you're like Steve <laughs> I have some proofs check this out yeah. I realized that it's an oracle deck yes and it was, it's just crazy how that came about I mean like you know I, I, I'm a sucker for you know like uh, readings online I, I check it out I just like I just get I get uh, enjoyment out of that and uh, and I, I was pretty versed with the the regular tarot you know and Mm -hmm. some oracle decks and uh yeah that was always like a hobby of mine in a way and uh someone not suggested it but like uh, it came to me when i was uh watching someone doing the like she had someone someone else's art as tarot or oracle cards on her channel and it really inspired me i was like wow i can do that with my art and so that's really what, how it came about. And the fun thing was it was already all done. So I didn't try to, you know, basically create a deck. It was just it just came about naturally. And that was really the fun part. Yeah. And it's like all of a sudden you're like, oh, my gosh, this is a a deck. And you you show me the proofs and I'm sitting here looking at them going, you know, just being completely bowled over by the the artwork itself it's just yeah. like you know this it just felt like it was coming off the page yeah. and just one after another after another just kind of relentless almost gut-wrenching experiences and i could tell that you had really put a large amount of your soul and life experience into this into each and every work I would say so, yeah. Tell yeah. me about a few of them. Like, tell me a little bit about your story in the last, you know, let's say you said 2011. Mm. So it's 2018 as, as of this recording. Yes. And so that's about seven years. Mm. Tell me about your life journey through making those pieces. Yeah. Well, uh, the the drawing or the art itself started really in the beginning of 2013. And... Uh, yeah, I, I was going through a lot of stuff. I mean, uh, first I was just kind of—I just tried to be an artist, and I had—I had some 
I had experiences of all kinds and like I really worked through almost all the archetypes that were necessary for a deck and so that's why I turned into a deck uh, eventually but uh you know I had I had a lot of things happening to me there was in in at the end of 2014 my mom died and that was that would be like the uh the death card I would say it's it's uh, the dragon tail you know um, yeah uh, that one is that one is you know I, I was basically drawing it as she was on a deathbed and wow. uh, and and so like all that like came into the into my artwork and I never drew on like like you know being high or being like you know like under any kind of uh, influence of anything and so I just worked through my my you know the experiences through my art like it just it just came all out and i just uh so i just kind of channeled all those things into those cards really naturally so well and then i remember you and i having a lot of philosophical conversations yes. and you're a big um you've studied a lot of things but you've studied you yeah Carl Jung. Yeah, and well, I study. I mean, like I, you know, I, you've I read, read some stuff. You've read you know? some stuff, but you've read some serious stuff. Like yes, you gave me yes, a copy of the Red Book, which yes, was yes. the book that Jung secretly wrote yes. and never published until after uh -huh. he, like, till recently, till, yeah. like very recently. Yeah. His family finally let it out because yes. it was like people were going to think he was crazy. Yeah. It was basically him going deep, deep, deep into his subconscious and exactly. having vivid daydreams mm -hmm. about his inner life. And yes. he, as a scientist, went back and looked at all these experiences that he had subjectively and basically formulated his theories on the psyche using his own travels and some people think he used psychedelics some people aren't sure you yeah. know a lot of the historians say that he you yeah. know supposedly didn't yeah, um yeah. and i could imagine that you know maybe he just had a process that was so that was so deep that you know one of the things he said was that um it's such a fine line with his patience uh, of slipping into psychosis versus mm -hmm. this process. It's like psychosis <laughs> is when you don't come back yeah. from this process. And, that uh, can happen. That could happen. I can definitely see that. You know, yeah. Like, and so one of the reasons I bring that up is because I'm sure there's a lot of people who are either unfamiliar with the tarot or sort of spooked out by it. Yeah. One of the things you and I have talked about a lot mm -hmm. is this idea of archetypes. Yes. And this idea of life is, you know, the song Life is But a Dream. There's yeah. sort of this aspect of, even if you study serious psychology, mm -hmm. of how we mirror our world that's from inside yes outside just by even if you wanted to get neuroscientific about it even just by the filters we use within to take the outside world in and how we interpret it oh completely yeah. and yeah. so we find various archetypes across cultures mm -hmm. and across i mean if you read the work of joseph campbell uh, power of myth you yeah. find these archetypes that are universal across all cultures yes and the hero with the, what is it the hero with the, the thousand heroes, faces yes or, yeah, yeah. the hero's journey and yeah. Yeah, yeah and so part of what i think about your cards is that having lived through these various experiences of intense things that happen in human life yes that you're able to connect to something that is universal yeah i i, I definitely tapped into some kind of thing like some kind of call it resource or you know like i think i just tapped into like the deepest depths of my subconscious really you know so that's kind of mm -hmm. just like a reflection of that and jung was a believer in the collective unconscious so mm -hmm. he kind of had this theory that not just your unconscious but 
the world human unconscious sort of is somehow linked in oh, some yeah. quantum cosmic way. Yeah, we're all is, linked in, in some way. That, for that sure. defies, yeah. you know, current scientific explanation, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I remember, like, we're doing baby steps at this point, like scientifically speaking, I would say probably mm-hmm. in this field still, you know? Well, yeah. And what was the quote I was reading in psychology of basically it's one of the hardest things to study because like Jung, he had to go into his own subconscious to study yeah. the subconscious. And then you can't be objective because yes. all of a sudden you're in the middle of it and you're having yeah. this experience. And the same thing, if I were to be your shrink and you were to tell me something, I could only observe your behaviors. Oh, yeah. I couldn't like, you know, you can't take it apart. True, you can't. True. I can only hear yeah. your interpretation of what you're going through. It's always a very personal thing. Yeah. And I feel, you know, in a way, I feel like that's true with art as well. And that's maybe one of the powers of art is the ability to bring your subjective experience out, mm-hmm. to put it in a medium that surpasses the words. Yes. And then, because you know, we're maybe not good with words, share that <laughs> with <laughs> me, and I can have my own experience of that, and maybe get a glimpse of what you felt, but also have my own version mm-hmm. of what you're experiencing when I'm looking at this beautiful piece of artwork. Thank you. It's true, though, because everybody's experience is unique, but on some level, you're communicating something that even if I don't know what to call it, yeah, then <laughs> everyone's going to have that a part of that story, at least maybe in pure feeling. Yeah. And that's what I love about your art is it's like it's emotive. Yeah. It's raw. It's deep. It's powerful. Yeah. I put a lot in that. And uh, yeah, it's like it's there's a lot of there's a lot of soul in there. That's for sure. I mean. So tell me about when you were drawing, I know I've asked you mm-hmm. a few of these ones, I didn't know if you had a story for this one, but when you were drawing this artwork called Ring of Fire, which you titled Ring of Fire, what hmm. what were you experiencing at that time in your life? That's a good question because I don't remember exactly when I drew this one in particular. There's some that I really remember, like the one obviously when my mom died or like uh, I had this one with the bees, like it's it's almost like the lover's card, I would say, which is a very positive, you know, it's like the complete uh, opposite to the death card in a way. Yeah, it's called Feeding on the Lotus. It has yeah. two two little bees on like a lotus flower yeah. and all the colors are very spring and, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's... And when I drew that one, I had a really good time and I was in Hawaii and, uh, you know, I was really relaxed and like, you know, I was in nature and it was, it was just like, it, it, so it always reflects that. So like, with this one in particular i don't like i i also had the uh, believe it or not was the the samsara card the devil card as in hawaii as well and 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 there was the you know i had i was working through some things there like with addiction you know and uh which i think it is linked uh especially the samsara card um which is kind of like the devil card in the regular tarot for people right. that are familiar with that right what's interesting about that artwork is that it's got this mask yes. in the middle mm-hmm. and the mask is grinning mm-hmm. but it's like this like <laughs> very ominous looking card yes and unlike some of your cards which seem to like pop out this one has a lot more of like a flatness to it and i yeah. always thought of it like the mask that you wear to hide yourself yeah because you're afraid of showing the world who you are yeah there's definitely something to that yeah, yeah. yeah. we all wear a mask for sure yeah i'm i'm pretty as you know me, I'm pretty open. Like I, I share a lot of, you know, of my my true being. I guess I, you know, I learned, I learned a lot on the spiritual journey how to like be open, and and I also learned how to kind of like, uh, 
you know, curb it a little bit uh, at times. Tone it down for general audiences. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> because, uh, you know, I'm very outspoken for the, for the most part. And, and uh, you know, it did get me into trouble at times. And, yeah, what are yeah, you going to well, do? Let's talk about that a little, um, mm-hmm. just kind of on the periphery of it. Sure. I feel like it's a common thread for almost any artist to feel misunderstood. Yeah, yeah. And to sort of push the fringe of what is going on. Like I think of 80s music and the the whole new wave music scene where, mm-hmm. you know, all the guys were, you know, it's like you didn't know George Michael was gay. And then you thought, oh my God, George <laughs> Michael's gay. And everybody's like, yeah, of course he yeah, is. You know? uh, uh, but, yeah. but that was pushing an envelope at that time yeah. and that culture. And it was like this subculture, this scene, but like it wasn't known to like the pop audience who was ready to listen to his art, who loved everything about him, but mm-hmm. couldn't accept him at face value a lot of people who probably listen at the time because yeah. of the times it's kind of funny like the 80s you know i mean it was such like a gay time in a way you yeah know? i mean <laughs> it's kind of funny like the whole word now you know it means something completely different than i actually you know uh you know yeah, a long we'll time ago you know <laughs> exactly <laughs> it's completely so changed. it's kind of funny in that way but, uh, but now i mean look at how far we've come you know yeah. 20 almost 25 years later mm-hmm. where there's this very was it is it already 25 i like, know it's right crazy. making us all feel old yeah yes i lived through the 80s me too um, yeah yeah and that's the thing though right i know there's a long way to go but in terms mm-hmm. of like public understanding at least yeah. trying to accept that issue it's a lot further along and i feel like the art of the time had a big role to play in shifting the culture yeah and to helping people to accept and maybe even acclimate to the cultural changes that were coming. I mean, yeah. it's certainly true of '60s music, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. like every era. I, I I was I was very influenced by the '90s, probably probably the most. I mean, the '80s. I was a teenager in the '80s, so mm-hmm. uh, you know, I I was completely in that. And and I remember a lot of friends of mine that completely just just they were just stuck there and never like gotten into the <laughs> 90s stuff and uh i i love the 90s you know uh, things like Alice in chains and you know it was it was cool it was a, uh, and i always kind of so st- what you're saying is you love the mary jane mary jane <laughs> what's the mary jane oh that's right i forget so matthias is from switzerland yeah and so there's certain right. cultural idioms that are lost in him mary yes. jane is weed ah so like, yeah 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 that's that's always welcome yeah, yeah of course i mean i had i had some time off and i needed some time off it's it just for me weed helps me to kind of uh be more objective huh like when i when i create i i, n- I never really smoke which is interesting like um, a lot of artists need almost like the weed to be creative or right. like some kind of substance. And uh, yeah, I didn't have that. I mean, like I, I could probably create with it, you know, but uh, I don't know, for, for, for the drawing, I want to be together. I want to, I want to, I don't know. I you want to feel it all. Yeah, I guess so. I don't yeah. know what it is, but I, I just feel I'm, I'm, I'm more focused, you know. I, I, get, I get very unfocused when I, when I smoke. So it's kind of like it's a fun thing. And it's fun to relax with it at some point, and it it helps me to actually know if uh, if a work is actually finished, 
which is funny. Right, because you can detach yourself from yes. the work enough yes. to just experience it yeah. third party. It helps me to, because it, it just it just heightens your senses, right? So it's kind of like everything gets amplified. So if something looks really good, you just really know that it's good. And you so, feel it, yeah. yeah. So I feel when I work, when I, when I look at it, and I'm under the influence, you know, let's say, you know, of weed or something like that. Uh, I just really know right away that, wow, this is done now, you know. Yeah. Well, that's important. I mean, I think one of the things that, you know, I personally don't mm-hmm. smoke, but I don't judge people who do. Thank you. Because most of the people <laughs> that I've known who use it occasionally are very very brilliant people thanks and so what happens is is i, I feel take like that as a compliment <laughs> i feel like sometimes you have to calm down the mind because it's running in too many different directions yeah and i know i certainly fall into that trap and people have told me hey steve you need to take a chill pill yeah and i've sort of <laughs> over the last 15 years been on that journey of myself of learning how to do that mm-hmm. through meditation through breathing, through engaging my body and exercise and things like that. And I've got a long way to go, but oh my God, I was so high strung in high school. Yeah, you know, like yeah. <laughs> Well, you know, but we all come from that. I mean like I I actually had the the pleasure of uh my mom being into that and and she actually took me as a kid to meditation classes and and yoga and all that so i thought you were gonna say your mom gave you weed (laughs) yeah she gave me weed early on so so sorry so not to get you off track but yeah so your mom your mom was into meditation (laughs) yeah she was into that well you know i wouldn't say like they were like the the most uh spiritually uh you know awake people my parents i mean like uh i think my mom more so maybe my dad was just he was a musician and so that's where where the music came in, and my mom she was just very uh, well she ve- she was very shell shocked from the war first of all, and she Which, just kind of uh, World War Two World War Two, and she she just I think she wanted to just kind of like find an escape to not deal with it, and I think that's why she looked into like all the the new agey kind of things, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, so wait, so you grew up in Switzerland, yes, and your parents, your parents. Mm-hmm were affected directly by they were alive during World yes. War Two. Yes. Yes. And what was that like in Switzerland at the time? Well, she was not in Switzerland. She was actually in Germany at the time. So oh, yeah. Wow. So she she was kinda like getting a lot of like downloads right there, you know. So uh my dad, he was in Switzerland. He had his dad So you was mean direct at- somatic trauma? Yeah, it was, it was, I, I also dealt with some of those things later, you know, because like I, I was taking it on uh, subconsciously, you know, because oh, wow. yeah, it's, it's like she never really talked about it. And so it's kind of like, it's that underlaying energy that you just take on from your mom because it was not talked about. And I had to actually work through that, you know, which was really interesting. Yeah. So, yeah, because I don't think of you as very old. Your parents must have had you a little bit later in life. Yeah, my, okay. my dad was 40 when, when, when they had me. Okay, so, yeah. that makes more sense. So yeah, yeah. so, yeah, because to me, it's almost like your grandparents would have survived World yeah. War II. But, mm. you know, in this case, your mom and dad, Yes. they met, did they meet after the war? Oh, yeah, yeah. That was yeah. way after, yeah, of course. Yeah. And, um, yeah. Well, well, not of course, but it was way mm-hmm. after, yeah. Um, and your dad was a musician. What did he play? Yes. Uh, what did he play or where did he play? What did he play? Uh, he played He played a lot of instruments. I mean, he. I remember uh, having to like carry his drum set into and, and put it in his car or like uh, he, he was a guitarist too. He played upright bass. He played the harmonica later on in life for the most part. 
he was kind of like an entertainer. Um, I I wouldn't say he was like amazing on each one of those instruments, but he was like a multi instrumentalist and and I kind of got that too. Like where I was I was a little bit more specific, as in you know guitar was really my thing for the longest time and. Uh, and yeah he right was, and you went to musicians institute yeah did you? i did that yeah yeah that's that yeah. that's also where i but went. not for guitar i went there actually for singing that's kind of funny yeah. really yeah i didn't know so that. i was i was even the choir there too like i did and i did the schroeder classes with the jazz stuff and wow. all that, like the scouting and everything so that's was, crazy yeah well you know i mean i know you are a phenomenal guitar player Thanks. so i would have assumed you went for guitar no, no um no. but musicians institute is one of those schools where like they get really technical in the music yeah, yeah. and there's a lot of like jazz fusion prog yeah St- like complicated I mean, stuff going for on the there. for the singers it was kind of like it was a little bit watered down let's just say that oh, really? way. it was not as you know it's not berkeley or anything like that it's True. not as heady yeah it's more it was more about performance which is actually it was really beneficial to me because i i needed to be more i think confident in front of people i think you know as a performer and so that was really it, it was actually actually interesting too when i when i came here i wasn't a songwriter or anything like that and and they really encouraged me to uh do my own music and i remember i got my first guitar here was like it was a gibson acoustic it was like the best sounding guitar and i didn't have enough money so i had to get it without the case and everything i had to be (laughs) super careful but uh yeah it's just like I, i i didn't play for probably a year or two years i didn't play guitar at all i kind of gave it a break and i just wanted to sing and when I came here, yeah, I just I I started to actually write songs, and uh, and you know I did this whole CD too, you know, like I I, I built my own studio in the back uh, of the garage, and like I'm all self-taught with everything. I just like you know I just build stuff or do stuff, and it's just I go for it, and yeah, it's crazy sometimes. It's just uh, jump into it and see where it goes, you know. <laughs> Lately, you've been playing drums, right? Yes, yes, that's a big love of mine right now. It's like. It's just, uh, it's almost like a meditation for me now because like I've been doing meditation, I've been doing yoga, I've been studying hermetics. I don't know if you guys are familiar with that. That's just really like, it's the study of the real magic with the four elements and all that. I never gotten really too far into that, but uh, I, I really gotten into like, like focus exercises and all that. And, uh, and it's just, drums help me to actually calm calm my mind and and to really like almost like i feel almost like i'm getting messages through it like when i play when i really get into it when i really in the groove and 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 i'm i'm just not i'm not playing heady anymore i'm I'm playing from the heart mm-hmm. it's kind of like yeah it really it opens me up to something different it's the same thing with the art like i get lost in it you know and yeah. and it's a beautiful thing so yeah yeah very beautiful thing. And to kind of geek out on the neuroscience of it for a second, supposedly when they do studies of brains and what part of brains light up when you do different things, like uh-huh. walking and automatic exercises that you have, you can choose to have control of or choose to forget over, yeah. like driving, are the mm. back part of your brain. Yeah, yeah. And that's an older... So the cerebellum, is that what it is? I think so. Right. Yeah, it was like the one part that beats your heart, but there's yeah, also yeah, yeah. like breathing. You can control yeah. it or you can like let it go automatically. Yeah, you shouldn't control it or you're in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> and Once you learned it. You know? Yeah, and, and, and swallowing is another one of those yeah, things. It's automatic yeah. unless yes. you think about it. Yes. And Very what true. happens is, is there's newer parts of your brain mm-hmm. that 
you know, at least in the theory of evolution, there's this idea that there are parts of your brain that evolve later because they're mm-hmm. not as developed in monkeys. They're more developed yeah. in chim- chimpanzees. And the most recent part of the brain is the forebrain. It's the front. Yeah. It's the part that does... The higher, the higher aspect. So like, it's say. the part of you that, like, makes, like rational decisions okay. like quote unquote it's the part of you that holds certain things in your attention and can think into the future and can like do math and that kind of stuff okay because I would, I would almost see that as the third eye but you're not talking about that right now are you? no that's just the frontal part right that's just like the part of you that gets really sore when you're thinking too much and you're just like ah oh, okay <laughs> yeah, know, yeah, like, yeah. That can and happen. it's a relatively newer <laughs> part of the brain so you can kind of freak <laughs> it out like mm-hmm. if you ever go to a timeshare presentation they're trying to wear out all your objections and just answer every possible question with something that seems logical they're trying to wear out that newer part of your brain that's not as experienced and so when you're doing things that are automatic subconscious older more instinctual you're accessing a more ancient system yeah, yeah, you know almost a more tribal i mean it's like almost people, like past memories or something like yeah that. like people associate drums with kind of tribalism because tribes mm. play drums and those exercises really they find that people who drum together link up heartbeats yes yes and, I, would, I would agree with that yeah yeah and there's a very instinctual thing that comes with that and having worked with a lot of good drummers good drummer is somebody who's played enough to let all that stuff be automatic it's like the moment you're mm. thinking about oh i'm gonna do this new thing oh yeah, yeah that, you, that's you're, when you're, it fails yeah. yeah that's when oh, you completely. fall on your face yeah, yeah 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 it's because it's like it's almost like that part when you try to show off and it happened to me too like i was at <laughs> i was at this drum circle and i i just tried to be like like really oh check me out like what i can do and and of course it all failed and it all crashed <laughs> and burned but every uh, when you just when you just allow to yourself to just to really feel into it that's that's when the magic happens you know it's well and there's this other element too for me of like getting in tune with your body Mm -hmm. and i feel like drummers have that down more than anything because it's the most athletic next to singing yeah it's the most athletic music form yeah performing okay and so if you watch drummers on stage they sweat buckets because they're just moving every limb and well there's also like the ones that you know when you really like just play out of your wrists you actually don't use that much (laughs) energy at all it's kind of funny it's more like the it's yeah it's more like the 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 rock drummers from the 80s that like need to like you know like do a lot more to Mm -hmm. emphasize what they're doing you know and nothing wrong with that you know well and that was the coolest thing was listening to john bonham if you ever Uh get on the internet and search his outtakes where they've yeah. just isolated his drum tracks and he's uh-huh. playing these grooves they're epic you know uh-huh. like iconic sounds and he's playing you know this like really slow thing and it's really groovy and the pocket's really and you just hear go because <laughs> it's like you know, he's got Tourette's you know it's like nice. that part of your brain that you can't control if you have Tourette's it's just nice. like he's just sitting there playing his limbs are moving he's grooving and he's just nice. like it's just, <laughs> it just comes out nice <laughs> yeah. I like that that's awesome that's when it gets really authentic I guess when you when you forget about yourself almost like you, you yeah it's just flow right yeah and gestalt yeah that idea of like which is a german word right which which a, means something different here which is funny funny well, enough. because gestalt is like the idea of gestalt therapy mm-hmm. is like the song shout shout let it all out oh i remember you that know, tears the, for fears yeah right? that's the idea behind gestalt therapy and i think that's true in artists like mm-hmm. when you come to your art completely sober and you're like i'm gonna feel this pain yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to fucking feel the death right yes, now. Yes, I've been and there. And I'm going to draw it. Yes. And I'm not going to run away from it. Yeah. Um, that's why I think the artist's life takes courage. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. not very many people would willingly like run into the combat. <laughs> no, <laughs> into the you see me running into it multiple times. Yeah. Yes, we've been friends for a couple of yes. years now. Yes, but you know I can't help it. It's just like I, I, I wanna. I want to experience this. Like, I don't want to be like that inside, you know? And I think if you never let yourself feel things and you've n- never really, you know, go and, and risk things, then you just don't live, you know? That's the thing. It's just like, and it hurts at times, yeah? I've been, you've seen me, you've seen me going up and down like crazy, like, you know? Uh, yeah, I've been, I've been, I've been in low places, yeah? I've, I hit, I hit rock bottom. I hit probably below rock bottom at times, you know? And, uh, just when you thought the bottom was the rocks, exactly. then there was a lower bottom. Yes, there's always a lower bottom. Uh, <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> but uh, you know, it's just. But the good thing about that is, like, you it can only go up after that, and uh, it's also when you visit that place. Um, almost, like, I wouldn't say frequently, but if you if you kind of like get let yourself. If you allow yourself to feel that, you also come right back. You know, it's like that that doll that you push over and it comes right back up, right? Right. It's kind of like that. After a while, it doesn't take you as long to get over a heartbreak or something like that, you know? I've noticed that. I mean, it's one of the things I really admire about you as a friend was watching you go through things and kind of be like, no, 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 I don't need you to feel bad for me. I'm just yeah. going through it. And then yeah. like watching you bounce back in like a day or two and like seriously be fine and i'm just like damn because i worked through it i mean like i just bawled my eyes out i was just like curled up on the ground the whole night you know kind of like that yeah but but it's it's yeah but it's it's like you work through something you really like sometimes i don't know it's just like it's almost like a shamanic thing in a way way too like where they actually let all that stuff out you know it's kind of um you have you don't have to i mean it helps to to kind of just clear out all that gunk that's that's in you that keeps you from uh actually flourishing and you know like looking back at my my parents and i was instilled so many many uh, limited beliefs that that i'm still working through at this point you know um you know my mom would always say that you can't do that you can't do that you know you just you just don't do that you just don't do that and like that's all i heard my whole life you know it's like and i was like no i can you know and i was going for it anyway and it's it's kind of uh it's been it's been rough at times, you know, and especially when you when you choose like an artistic route or you, I always wanted to do something artistic and uh, my mom just wanted me to have a good day job, you know. So I was doing I was doing I was being, a, a, you know, a draftsman for 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 a while in Switzerland. And, you know, I, I went through the whole thing and a lot of math and all that, you know, and and. In hindsight, it was actually kind of good for for my art because there is a lot of uh, I don't know if it calls it f- call it fractals or whatever like yeah fractals yeah all that motion kind of, yeah 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 apparent motion yeah perspective yeah all that comes into yeah it, you know so it's it's it wasn't it was like not a lost cause you know that I went through that. I learned, you know, like I, I remember like in my apprenticeship, you know, we do mostly apprenticeships over there. That's I didn't go to college or anything like uh, apprenticeship lasts four years. And you would literally, I would still 
we would draw with the pencil and then with the ink and uh, the corners would be rounded when you would connect them or like if you would draw like a like a square right by hand you you would have to go back you would have to draw over and then go with a scalpel and and make it sharp the edges oh wow so i had to go through stuff like that it was like you know like it's almost like I felt like, you know, being a little watchmaker like over there, you know, which is kind of funny, you know, like Switzerland <laughs> and all that. I always tell that, you know, like when they say, oh, what you do over there, you know, like we'll, we'll make watches and we will cows <laughs> and then we yodel, you know, it's kind of like that, you know, <laughs> which is of course not true, but, and I'm, I'm from an industrial part of Switzerland, so it's not as scenic where I'm from. I mean, if You're you would see, stacks. yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm not from a, like a, like a, like, let's say a nice air area. And, uh, yeah, I didn't really get the sound of music kind of experience, you know, that most yeah. think I, I did, uh-huh. but, you know, I'm grateful for that because, uh, I had to fight for a lot of things, you know? So, and, and I'm back to that now because like, yeah, you know, I was married and I was married into money and, and that was a, that was a nice ride too. And, and there was a lot of privileges I enjoyed. But it's, uh, you know, it's it's also like it's interesting to go back to that and lose all that, you know. So that has been also like a very big teaching moment, you know, for me. So uh, really interesting life experiences like, you know, crossing the pond, you know, like just going for it. I didn't know anyone here. So I had had a bag full of clothes and, and you know, some money for the school and that was that, you know. So, so MI is what brought you out here. Yes. Musicians yeah, uh-huh. Institute. Yes. So you moved to Hollywood. Yes, I, I stayed everything in everything you dreamed of. Yeah, I stayed in a in a hostel uh, on on Hollywood. There you go. Yeah, and I was going to say Hollywood's not nice. And don't, you know what? I I didn't mind it. Even the roaches were, didn't really bother me as much. <laughs> I I had a dream, you know, and uh, and and for me it was just like it was so freeing. And 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 also like you know the background story. My dad was not doing well, and he he was constantly like sick, and my mom was taking care of him. And I felt like I was so restricted to stay in Switzerland. I had to move. So I had to start anew over there. You know, it was almost like I had to, I had to leave, you know, and it was heartbreaking too, because like, uh, you know, I wish I could have, could have helped out, but at the same time I would have gone under. I knew, I I know that, you know, it's, it, it has been a bittersweet thing, you know, right? to leave and, and to leave everyone behind. It was, it was, uh, it was a really bittersweet thing. Yeah, and yeah. how does that affect you now looking back? Yeah, that's a good question because, uh, you know, coming from a different country, it, it, it's it's really hard to establish yourself here. It, it's, I, I think, mastering the language, and I think I, I, I'm doing pretty good at that. You know, it's like I've been here since 98, and I think, uh, you know, I, I mastered it pretty pretty well. And you know you will you will know when I have uh, like a, a drink or two in me that I'm definitely not from here. You know, uh-huh. <laughs> how many languages do you speak, by the way? Well, I, I would say four, but it's it's wow. kind of uh, well, it's not really like completely different languages. I, I speak German. I mean, you know, do I really speak it fluently at this point? Probably not. It probably takes me a couple of days to get back into it. But if I go over there, which I haven't been able to, but if if I would be in Germany, like I, I could get around easily. What was your birth language? Uh, I would be Swiss German, which is just a dialect of German. It's okay. just it's it's almost like to me it almost sounds a little bit like Dutch or something. It was like right. uh, it doesn't really sound like German. There's a lot of in there, so it could be almost like you know like the. Uh, uh, 
not Yiddish, but like yeah, you know, I the, was gonna say, the Israelis have a lot of uh-huh. you know, like so they we have that in common. Um, but it, it's kind of uh, yeah, those two, and I had I just had uh, French for four years in school, so I understand a bunch of French, but I I can't really speak it per se. You know, it would that would take me even longer, mm. and then English would be my first, uh, my my fourth. You know, right? Yeah. Well, it would be hard to know that it was your fourth. You're very right. fluent. <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, like, I was, I always made it a habit to be around Americans all the time. Like, I, I tried to not hang with someone that was German. You know, I really wanted to learn it. I really wanted to get uh, proficient at it, you know, because, like, for me, communication is a really big deal of of my life you know like i want to be able to communicate exactly what i feel and it was very limiting when i was coming here first i felt like it was like you know felt like a baby like taking baby steps and i was and that was really hard for me it was really challenging because i always like to have deep conversations in in my old you know country and I wanted to keep that up and I wanted to have like really, you know, uh, meaningful conversations. And so I needed to just read up a lot. And and uh, yeah, reading was definitely helped a lot, like reading a lot of English books about you know, many different topics and, and and fiction as well. But it was it was a lot of deep, deep literature. For so sure. what, did, what, did, what are some of the things you read? Oh, tons of stuff. I mean, uh, one of my favorite books is probably Siddhartha by Hermann Hesse. And I I think, I, yeah, I read it in German and in English, which is kind of fun. Um, Hermann Hesse is one of my 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 favorites for sure. Uh, then like uh, the Bhagavad Gita is like one of, uh, one of my favorite books. Then like I had some books about magic that I was really into. Uh, uh, tons of stuff. I mean, like I was into, uh, I had the X-Files. I read the X-Files. <laughs> uh, I love, uh, what is his name now? Um, Stephen King. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, I love that kind of stuff, uh, especially the, the Dark Tower series. Okay. That was probably one of my favorites. Uh, I got turned on to that and that turned out to be a really, really good one. Cool. Um, and then like uh, things like Camus, or like uh, you know, uh, what was it? Kafka was really interesting. Oh wow! I love that kind of stuff. It's it's just deeper kind of you know thought provoking kind yeah. of. Yeah. Do you ever feel like your journeys into reading affect your art? Yeah, too. I think I think everything kind like of in influences it. Yeah, it has to uh, at some point. It uh-huh. will. Yeah. Yeah. Everything you you absorb will, will will reflect also in your art. I'm sure it will come come through in some way. Or you, I think it's just your interpretation of it that will then transcend onto the canvas or whatever, or like onto your your instrument or whatever it is. You know. Well, that's what I or like part about of it. mixed media artists is that you know I'm noticing a theme that a lot of artists will cross over into other formats. Yes, and even experiment with them. Is sort of a reprieve from something you've studied a lot. Yeah, so. it's also it's a it's like a balancing thing for me. It's like you know the art that I do when I when I draw. I think I'm pretty pro- uh, proficient at it, but it's 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 almost too heady at times. So I need something like the drums. I'm I'm not a professional drummer by any means, but it's it's kind of like that kind of just balances everything out. Where I can just like let go and not be too critical. Although I'm I'm. I'm way less critical with, with with anything I do. I like I let it flow a lot more and than you used to per se, yeah, perhaps. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Oh completely. Yeah. I mean I was way more heady back yeah. in the days. Oh completely, yeah. Yeah. 
but it's a hard habit to unlearn yeah I, it's, I it's hard not to go in the head at all yeah yeah and you know you need the head i mean it's it, you know because i was i was in my heart a lot for a while and not in my head at all right so uh, it taught me some things too you know where i just fell in love you know and uh and and just got my heart broken like like crazy and but it taught me a lot of things you know it taught me to to love unconditionally that's that's something that that came up and i have to have to say i'm thankful for that you know because uh I I I was very judgmental about certain things, you know. Like, and I have to say, like, I I accept everyone for who they are now, and it, it doesn't matter what religion, what gender. Like, even like you know the gender fluidity. It, for a while, it was like, what the hell, you know. And and now I'm just like, yeah, why not, you know? Like, if if that's right. really if that's really what what sets you free then go for it why who am i to judge you know like if someone judges me like you know i have tattoos for instance right they can judge me all over you know it's yeah. like yeah you know it's it's a, a form of expression well it's interesting too because you know i've talked a little bit about the soul and there's this concept in reincarnation some lifetimes you may be male and other yeah. lifetimes you may be female completely yeah. And so, not that everybody believes that, not that yeah. I even know what I believe, but if that's true... Who knows true, what's really true anyway, right? If yeah. that's true, I mean, think about it. If you were a male in another life and you're female in this life and you're like, well, wait a second, like, I liked being, you know, I mean, like, yeah. who knows how it all works? Like, yeah, who yeah. knows how you get the, the number, the assignment? You're like, oh, shit, I was supposed to be a girl. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> you know, but I also like the idea of in Jung, they talk about the soul having the divine masculine and the feminine yeah. aspects good that you bring that up because that's very important because like we all have both aspects within us and i had actually my feminine quite awakened funny enough as a man and i had to almost learn how to to strengthen my masculine you know get more into that like as in the doer you know get things done you know because i was you know, as an artist, you're very right brain, and it's more that kind of thing, that dynamic. And so, yeah, it was it was good to to kind of get that more balanced in a way. Yeah, I remember people always used to say like, "Oh, you must be gay," <laughs> and it was actually quite painful for me because in my belief yeah. system at the time that wasn't okay. Yeah, you know, because I was yeah. raised conservative Christian, and it's yeah. like, oh no, like, right. you know. So I really had to ask myself, is that true? And then I realized, okay, like, dude, <laughs> it's so obvious <laughs> yeah. I like dicks. Right. But you know what I mean? Like, yeah. there would be nothing wrong with that either. No, and of just sort not. of like being in that space of like, you know, going, okay, am I really okay with that idea? And yeah. then doing a lot of deep work and realizing that what I was judging as not male was yeah. literally just my true self of being of having a f having feminine aspects yes. that yeah. aren't necessarily feminine or masculine our society mm. has put this kind of label on it yeah and you know as a guy you have to be the tough guy and you have to be just like showing no emotions and all that crap you know and like eh, what's the point you know what's the point of that i mean uh I, I thought of it as a weakness back in the days. You know, I remember my, my dad was very emotional all the time. And I always thought that it would be a weakness. But now, you know, it's like, you know, uh, I mean, it's, it's good to be emotional, but it's also good to not stay there all the time. It's like, it's good to, to feel it. I think it's definitely valid 
to feel the emotion, to sit with it, but not always necessarily act from it or react from it, better so. Um, and that's also a thing I had to learn is is to to not react from that space because then then it's just it's very detrimental. And I did that before. And um, yeah, yeah, when I, I feel like the concept of uh, balance of those opposite sides and mm. bringing those two aspects within yourself together in harmony, making them making them flow, yeah, and making them fluid and not being so rigid about somebody disrespected me i have to you know beat them up you know it's yeah. like there's all these unless they deserve it right <laughs> <laughs> you know like there, there's this idea of like yin and yang and male and female yes. sort of balancing each other out and sort yeah. of softening you know you need the hammer for certain things but yeah. for the man who has a hammer everything's a nail yeah it could be yeah and so <laughs> like <laughs> so i think that there's a sort of wisdom in finding all aspects of yourself and even sometimes developing if you're a right brain artist every once in a while giving yourself a foray into something more logical and linear and time bound and just sort of learning those aspects but not driving yourself crazy with them yeah not but also like uh, what i also notice is um in my past, I was actually better about the left brain that I am now. I mean, I was pretty together, and I and I did my taxes myself, and I can't stand that stuff anymore now. You know, it's almost like I rebelled from all that, you know, and I had to get away. From, like, you know, Switzerland is very bu- bureaucratic, you know. Right. It's almost more than here. It's about the same. I don't know. It's just like it's everywhere, it seems now. It's, it's just the same. Like, it's, it's just Europe, so it's socialist instead of capitalist. Oh, man. Yeah. I, different different I, bags, same yeah, problems. Yeah, but, but it's, it's, it's always like no system is good really i mean like uh, you know i i'm still a believer that small communities self-sufficient communities would be like the thing for the future you know like that i would love to see that more rather than like a big overhead where everything just gets lost you you don't know where the money goes you just don't you know it's like it's i i i just see everyone you know paying their ass off so to say and not really getting anything in return and that's something that bothers me you know it's just um I've always been very critical about that, like socially critical about what's going on in the world. I'm not as as into that anymore. I I, I was heavily into like you know conspiracies and all that. <laughs> I have to say, and uh, that I like a, a I deep let, dark hole. <laughs> yeah, I let go of that. I definitely let go of that a lot, and because I saw also the detrimental effects of that. Right. That I was then you know I was getting too paranoid about chemtrails and all that, and you know like then I I I also like ask myself the question: maybe it's nothing, you know that they spray but it's more like they make it seem like that and you like consciously will then like say oh wow they they spray something bad and so it affects you because you think of it as something bad sure and it might just be nothing at all right sure and the placebo effect is real exactly what you believe affects your body yes and so when you really go down that rabbit hole it's so fearful there's so much fear in that in that movement and i appreciate the people still like and, and I, I i gained a lot of knowledge but i also think it's it's somewhat of like a uh, you know uh, a one-way street that it's hard to get out of it's like it's mm-hmm. it's it's yeah it's that dead-end street you know yeah. dead-end street more than one-way street it's a dead-end street and you you uh, become very limited and i have to say 
I was really happy to find some people within the movement that combined it with somewhat like a spiritual approach uh-huh. where they actually were looking for, for solutions rather than the ones that just pointing fingers at everything and right. just like, oh, this is bad and that is bad and like, you know, and the, they controlling you and these guys and whatever. Like, it, it, you know, I mean, you really like, you really allow it, right? Yeah. I First mean, of a, all. In a, yeah, in an existential way. In a, exactly. Yeah. So, so it's also what you feed into and what you, yeah, what you feed becomes stronger, right? So I know what's funny is I remember being a kid and I used to say to my grandmother, well, they're doing this and the government's (laughs) doing that. And, you know, like they want this and they want that. Uh And back when I was surrounded by close-minded people, Uh there was a lot of they going around. And she finally said to me, who's they? Right. And I couldn't answer the question. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, because, you know, like what really got me thinking was why are all these guys that put that stuff out there, why they're still around and not taken out, you know, especially if they have like a huge platform, right? Like the ones that preach in like stadiums about, you know, all the evils in the world. and, And I don't know. I think they're in on it. Yeah, I think exactly. They're, they're, they're the that's exactly. They're like, that's yeah, let's exactly get everybody fearful, and let's get all the people who Bingo. are like possibly mobilized for any force of good, and let's turn them really negative and fearful, exactly. and, and then we'll discredit them. <laughs> and so that really, that really got me thinking, you know. Like, and I don't want to mention any names. Because no, of what's I think gonna that's do that, smart. You know? Yeah, I don't want to be yeah. involved in anything like that. But you know, like, uh, and certain things, like you, you know, I, I went, I went quite off the bend with, with certain like ideologies and all that. You know, I don't have to like you know go into this but it's it's just like you know i like to i like to just entertain everything i like to look into everything i'm I'm curious by nature and uh yeah it just uh you know it takes me to some interesting places at times and and that's all good you know well, i like, almost think as an artist you have to you have to explore a lot of things even if they're just a little rabbit trail on your way to something else because it's in the taking the long way home Mm-hmm. that you see the sunset that inspires yeah. you to have and i always have a long way home now <laughs> yeah that's true <laughs> i'm driving constantly yeah I well at least know. now you're not looking at tail ends of other cars true and- true and it's less it's less concrete on my drive home now it's actually quite it's a beautiful drive you know i yeah. actually don't mind it as much it's well and that's you nice. know a lot of artists move to the country i think of walden pond you know it's 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 it's, it was needed. I, I was really, and you, you saw me going through that too. Like I was like, the city yeah. was just driving me crazy. It's just like, uh, uh, and living on top of each other and all that. Like I still have neighbors and all that. And, you know, there's still going to be things, you know, like that are not perfect, of course, you know, like, uh, but, you know, just, I think you'd like to live in more seclusion if you could. In a way, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, I still, I still crave someone to do that with. You know, like you want to pick some who point. you get to be next to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I would love to have a say in that for sure. Yeah, yeah for sure. And uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm open to that again, and it's cool. And then, but I think and it's exciting. That, part yeah. of that for you, having sat down and talked with you a lot, is that you seem to get influence like you said everything around you you're taking in so yeah. it's almost like staring at concrete dealing with traffic dealing with angry people mm-hmm. just the you know the lack of beauty around you in your old environment yeah. was not the right fuel yeah but for- it was at the same time i have to say it was the right fuel for some pieces True. that i drew so it also the the discord of that can also sometimes be a good catalyst for for certain things so it was also i needed that experience to like to create certain pieces you this know? would be a good time to talk about metal 
Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Let's, let's do talk it. about your favorite band. Yeah. The Contortionist. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he turned me on to this album and uh, he's like, Steve, he just kept talking about it. <laughs> Steve, this album. And he's like, you know, I mean, total fanboy. And um, I met them. They're awesome. And, you know, just keeps going on and on. Like, okay, cool. You know, and then he um, invited me to a show. Oh yeah, yeah, I remember. Yeah, that was that was a cool time. That was a great show, and we had some grow up afterwards. It was my nice. first time to uh, what was that club that they played at? Oh, I forgot. At was it El Rey or something? The El Rey was, was it the first Ray? time. It was awesome. Yeah. And you know the CD, right? Mm-hmm. It's, I mean, I'm a big, I'm a music producer. I'm a fan of concept albums. Yes, you know something you could play from start to finish, either in your car, in your headphones, in your bedroom. I'm a sucker for that. And this record but the thing about it is is you know like i've worked on metal i'm yeah, not necessarily uh, a metal head i don't listen to metal for fun yeah but this album every once in a while i put it on just to get blissed out yeah and if metal could bliss you out yes this one does and it has such a we're talking about the album language here yes thank in you. particular that album like I've worked through a lot with that album, like like all the deaths I I went through. I mean, like you know, like just to bring that up real quick, like you know, my mom died, then my dad died four months after, and my uncle, and my aunt, and no. my my ex wife's uh, uh, dad died the same year. It was just like one after another, and I, so it's kind of like all that, and and going through like you know we had already a rough time, and so like the music really helped, and it it, it was such like a positive album there was a lot of spirituality in it which i really loved you know there was a lot of stuff in there that was really just amazing and it was it was really interesting how it came about supposedly the album like they you know the new singer was just joining uh michael Lassard. And, you know, I love those guys. I usually hang with them all the time. You know, I go to their shows and they know me. <laughs> yeah, they were gonna... really cool. <laughs> yeah. We got we... to go backstage. It was super yeah, cool. Cool stuff. And, uh, and, and so it was like that album really helped me work through things. And, uh, and there's, there's some really aggressive parts on there as well. But it was never to the point where it was just like, uh, you know, there was always some meaning to aggressive it. Aggressive and progressive at the same yes. time. So in other words, like odd time signatures, weird seventh jazz mm-hmm. chords, over chugging yeah. guitars. Yeah, yeah. Incredible stuff. The yeah. way they put it all together from yeah. a musical artistic uh mathematical perspective yes, everything yeah. and it was hard in it too see that's what yeah. i loved about it it was i got to see i i when i listen to music too like it's an energy that that i get it's like it's not that i like every band of that genre they were just sticking right. out because there was something that transcended from the player through the instrument to the amp through or like to the voice into the microphone that I hear their essence or I feel their essence. It's like it's like artists like Fink, you know, that's another a great artist or like someone like I just uh, discovered as of late, Leilani, uh, what was it, like Wolfgram? Oh my God, holy crap. When she sings, you feel that. She's more like a reggae-ish kind of like uh, style. Amazing. I, it's just like it's it's people like that 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 inspire me because they 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 bear their soul with their instrument or with their voice or whatever they do, and and I try to do the same with my art, you know. So it's like it, it's it's almost like bearing your soul, and it was a little intimidating at first too because my art is very different uh, from what I wanted to do. Hmm. I wanted to like you know it's important really interesting important really point. interesting point because uh, I wanted to be the cool artist that 
draws like skulls because you know I'm the guy you know and then I end up drawing like things with, with flowers and bees you know what the, <laughs> what the hell you know <laughs> and so it's They're kind badass of bees. and so I had I had some conflicts like some inner conflicts about mm. that but you know what it was I knew that that it was important art and it, I was I was expressing something and it didn't matter who I was there, I really expressed my true being. And so that's really it. That's that's key. And it doesn't matter what it is. It could be metal. It could be blues. It could, like, you know, for instance, a kept mo, you know, holy crap. It's uh, so good. So good. There's artists that are just like, wow. It's just like, I want to bow, you know. It's like, it's that kind of <laughs> thing. Although, you know, funny enough, most of those artists are so like down to earth and, and, and don't think of themselves as that. Maybe that's just what like, you're drawn to. Yeah. They just, it's just naturally coming out of them. They don't have to, they don't have to be something. They just are. They just like, they're channeling it. They're just not in the way basically. Now, do you listen to music when you paint? Yes. Yes, I do. Yeah. Okay. Uh, different things, different things, and there's sometimes I also need silence when I paint. You know, uh-huh. it's like it, it's it's whatever feels right at the at the at the moment. And and for some some pieces, I listen to some really heavy shit, so to say. And uh-huh. to, for some, like I was, it was it almost like meditative meditative music, or whatever. You know, like it it really whatever feels right. You know, for for the specific piece. Yeah. 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 But I can't, I can't draw like, let's say, I couldn't draw like the bee, the bee and flower one with like heavy metal on my Rawr. head. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, that <could> you exactly. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> yeah, you just can't do that. It's just like you know. I mean, you could, but it's like it would probably It'd be an angry you, bee. <laughs> yeah, it would be an angry bee, and, and and I think like for the people that would observe that piece of art, they would probably get a mixed message because I think that energy would still. It would still translate into the art. Man, you know? I still got to get my heart rate down after doing that little, right? there little you go. second note. <laughs> Drum fill. Nice. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think it's 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 very important to to not judge yourself as you do art. That was a big one to learn for me. That was huge. Not to be in the way of your natural expression. You, like the same thing. Like you know, if you if you feel like you're different, like let's say you're gay or, or you wanna you wanna change your gender, you know, then then maybe you should. I don't know. You know, I I, I don't have that desire myself. But I'm just saying, I'm just trying to be truthful to myself. That's really my number one goal is like to not bullshit myself, to kind of like be completely true and honest and raw, you know. It, I'm reminded, yeah. and I won't call you out too much because, you know, we've talked a lot. <laughs> but, you know, I'm reminded of when you were talking about dating again after your divorce and you were uh-huh. like, hey, Steve, I'm I'm kind of getting okay with the idea of just dating a girl with tattoos because yeah. I like that. Yeah. You know, who cares what anyone else thinks? Exactly. And I'm kind of thinking like, oh my God, that's that's a hang up for you. Like, yeah. it didn't even occur to me that that could be a hang up. It's like, funny enough that, you know, like that I always liked that. I always liked that, but I always judged it. I was always afraid of it. I was always afraid to to actually approach girls that had tattoos. Funny enough. Even now, I have tattoos, right? But, like I still it's intimidating to me it's funny it's really funny yeah that's and I feel like that's your vibe like I I feel like you find the most like-minded women that are tatted up like I find it I find it very beautiful on a woman I find it even more I think it's more attractive on a woman than a man to me you know 
really is. I mean, you know, yeah. depending, of course, what kind of tattoos. I well, mean, you could have some you of the like, crappy ones. <laughs> you like when so, you you like when somebody has a sense of aesthetic, and you like when somebody makes themselves a work of art. As a, yeah, I, I mean that with me, and also like if someone expresses themselves through that, uh, it's not like I'm not into obviously generic tattoos. Like I, I everything I I have on my body is I, I designed right. So it's I appreciate right. also and that. Thank you. I yeah. appreciate that. And, and, and so it's kind of like, uh, and you know, I met someone, and you know about that too. With uh-huh. the going through this whole journey, like she had, she had a big tattoo on her chest, right? And she designed that herself too. And I really appreciated that. I thought that was really cool. And I appreciate anyone that has has at least an idea and can maybe translate that to a tattoo artist and they can maybe turn that into whatever they want if they don't have the skill to draw it themselves you know i'd be remiss if i did not ask you on behalf of the listeners who can't see you Uh about some of your tattoos okay and what they look like sure what they say yeah okay so uh well i have one here right where my hand is it says self-love and honesty and it's it's kind of like the self the the s is like a is like a, a treble clef so you know since i have stuff to do with music and then i have one up here that's very personal which i actually on your, don't on the inside on of the inside of my arm, arm. which which kind of signifies the journey i was going through and i, I don't want to necessarily go into like that's very personal you know that's yeah. a very uh it's almost like a sacred thing to me you know at this point yeah and i don't want to give that away what that is like uh, i'll let you well, imagination you, you, run to, free. To Paris, <laughs> you had a very very intense and brief relationship yes, that really yes. changed your it really 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 challenged me a lot but you know what like uh i i learned a lot from it and it was it was probably the most beautiful half a year that i experienced almost in my life and it was the most horrendous hellish time afterwards so it was like there was a stark contrast you know and uh and it was also because like i felt completely uh accepted like on every level and it it was such a bliss, you know, to be accepted because like before I didn't feel like I was accepted all the way. And mm-hmm. that was rough. That was rough. In and your prior relationships. Yeah, you yeah. know, especially my marriage too. I mean, yeah. like I never felt like I was really truly accepted all the way to my true being. But I was also holding back my true being a little bit. I was a little being a little bit too I say like uh, just playing along and not really going for what I really wanted to do, you know. Mm-hmm. So, so it was not really her fault or anything like that. And she was actually quite good to me overall. Like I appreciated that time too, and it taught me a lot, you know. It's cliche love songs and breakup songs. Yeah, they're the most prolific songs in the market. Like, yes, it, they're all over. Tell the me place. about it. But the know. paradigm surrounding relationships is is pretty dated. You mm. know, I feel like a lot of there's a lot of mutual usury going on yeah in the idealized relationship like oh he's gonna rescue me as a knight in shining armor oh yeah you know she's gonna just do everything i need like you know yeah that was really uh, i you know looking back that was really my problem i was still running on the old paradigm so to say Mm -hmm. when i met that person and i put a lot of pressure on her and uh, i realized that now you know i was still i still was looking for someone to save me you know yeah. Deep down. I was still not uh taking self responsibility and it's still it's still hard at times. I still feel like uh, you know, I, I could use some help, you know. Uh because yeah. it, it's been it's been a rough journey and it's been like, you know, I'm forty eight years old now and 
48 it, years young. Yeah, or 48 yeah. years young, you know. Like, I, I, I suppose we don't look it. So, I you, guess you I look, keep myself You look 35. Pretty. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. So, whoever wants to, you know, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, his phone number is. His phone number available. is. Exactly. Yeah, I'm no. available. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But it's, it's kind of, I'm coming to terms with a lot of things. Why things played out the way they played out. And it needed to blow up. And needed to go there, and I mm. needed to have those really dark moments and deep moments and purge. And it also helped me to go and deal with all the deaths I had, you know, all the mm. the trauma that was even prior to meeting her, you know. And uh, and so uh, she was also a catalyst for that in a way. And and I'm sure I was a catalyst for her too. Yeah. Well, and, you know, everybody can relate to an intense relationship and mm, i think i you know like you you bring something to the table as well you know it's right it's, it's, so it takes two, two to tango exactly and everybody's yeah. got their own baggage yeah. to work through and clear through and karma to clear and exactly i think she made a lot of changes afterwards i could see that where she stepped up for herself mm-hmm. and i i thought that was really awesome i think that's what love is about too is just letting someone actually go it was just really, really powerful. And uh, yeah, it just, uh, I came back as in like, I I, I'm, I didn't die from it. So that's good. You know? Yeah. So I'm here. Well, right? you know, and that's the thing is like, <laughs> you know, it's the Romeo and Julia thing. It's like relationships yeah. can be fatal. <laughs> and Tell it's just because it. I think, you know, anything that you put so much weight on and so much stock in, like this yeah. has to work out and it's like the end of the world if it doesn't. And I feel <sighs> like relationships fall into that trap, but mm. also- Art can fall into that trap too. Everything can probably because fall Because when you're putting your heart and soul into your expression mm-hmm. and then you want to put it out there for the world to praise mm-hmm. and that's not what happens. Yeah, you put a lot of pressure on yourself for that. And then like yeah. all of a sudden, like what was this? Oh, I'm opening up becomes this sort of crashing down. Yeah, and there was also definitely something to that as well. I experienced that. But at the same time, still, even if, if, if this doesn't go like to places where I imagine it to go, I still think I was at least authentic in my creation, you know? So I... I think you have to like your art. Exactly. You're not making it for someone else. No, never make it for someone yeah. else. That's the worst thing because then you, you just like, you're not, you're not in the flow if you do it for someone else. It's the same as in a relationship. It's the same thing. If you, if you live for someone else, you, you just like you're in this cage, you know, you have to, I mean, there's a compromise, of course, you know, if you work with someone or like if it's our project we do with someone else, right, you have to kind of meet each other halfway. You have to, or halfway, or you have to be open to the other side as well and i think that's with everything it's like with a relationship you know it's just if you get to that point where you can literally be yourself and take the other person the way they are and completely accept them i mean that's gold and that's that's really what i want as a in a relationship in a in a in any kind of uh, business partnership, you know, I, I that's what I want to find. And it might sound utopian, you know. I mean, it might be like an utopian thought, but I think it's actually possible to a certain extent. I heard another artist that I admire um, listen to on another podcast say something very profound, which was that you might have a valid perspective mm-hmm. and I have my perspective <laughs> and we're both right. Yeah. But... Sometimes it's up to the artist to embody their perspective and embody it fully 
and yes. be completely in that oh, yeah. so that the other person has that vision to mm-hmm. interact with and True. to see the other side. Yeah, yeah. And I'm reminded one of your one of your cards is uh, called uh, Two Sides of the Story. Yeah, yeah. And there's like these that kind of represents that that relationship I had for sure. Yeah, and you know that's true. Yin and yang in a way. Yeah, that's true. True with anything, and I think you know the way that you've taught me to sort of like wear my heart on my sleeve and yeah. show my true colors. I Honestly, saw you I have out. to give you some credit because I saw you come out of your shell. I like wouldn't crazy. be doing this podcast. I don't think if it was for certain of the things that you said to me of like, Steve, be yourself, you know, yeah. like there's nothing like, I think you're cool. Like yeah. I like your opinions. I like, yeah. and you know, there was a big part of me that was afraid of how people would receive the things yeah. that I had to say, the things that I wanted to bring out of my guests and how out there or weird or different they were. Yeah. And really, I feel very like I've transformed I've seen just you trans- in the time that I've lot. known you. Yeah. And so I have to give you credit for that. And I definitely think that this was one of the, the best interviews so far Thank you. on the podcast. So I Matthias appreciate Manzer, that. It's that was great awesome. to have you on the Language of Creativity podcast. Yeah. Where can people find your art if they want to buy it, interact with it, see it? All right. So uh, at this point, I'm still having a website in the works, which is going to be MatthiasManzer.com, which is MatthiasManzer.com. I actually spelled it out. By the time this is out, it'll be... Yeah, up. hopefully, hopefully. And if not, like, uh, even if, if it wouldn't be, you can find the deck that I have. Uh, it's called the Primordial Sound Oracle Deck. You just Google that and it will pop up. On so Etsy. It will, right? It's yeah. on Etsy. But you just Google that and it will pop up. The Primordial Good. Sound Oracle Deck. And then you can see um, like samples of your artwork, which yeah. is amazing. And um, also, uh, spell your name. Uh, so my first name is M-A-T-H-I-A-S. And the last name is M-A-N-S-E-R. Manzer. Dot com. Dot com. Yeah, okay. that'll be it. Yeah. Excellent. Well, Matthias, thanks for being here. This well, was thank you, a pleasure. Steve. We'll have to have you back when you're I would a multimillionaire and you know you're Sounds like, good. I have yeah. fun. I had, I had a blast. I always have great. fun talking to you. Yeah, so, same here. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Um cool. Well, um, that's the show. Thank you. Appreciate it. Before you go, check out Matthias's art on Redbubble. It's linked in the show notes and you can see many, many of Matthias's artworks put on t-shirts and wall hangings and uh, other paraphernalia that would be a great addition to your personal collection for not very much money. So if you want to support the artists you hear on the show, please check out the show notes and consider becoming a patron of the arts with your purchase. Thanks for listening. I'm Stephen Levitt, and this is the Language of Creativity Podcast.